Welcome to the Amateur MILF Society, a podcast about the highs and lows of mothering in the modern age. We're your hosts, Sinead and Rosie, and we are just trying. Just trying. Join us on a journey from positive pregnancy tests through to school and beyond as we try to untangle all those complicated thoughts and feelings that come when you decide to push a baby out of your vagina. Other birthing methods are available. We are average, non-famous mums who live average, non-famous lives. Although if we get famous, we're not complaining and we'll take a sponsorship from McDonald's for some free nuggets. Oh, I love this. I love it. So we, we're just going to go so low. Yeah. We're gonna, so, right, if you've listened before, you'll know this already, but we've gone from... You Hello can Fresh. all go to hell. We can all go to hell, which is a given. Yeah. Hello Fresh. Yeah. Tui Holidays. Yeah. Any sponsorship. Chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> can you go lower? Do you think you can go lower? A sponsorship from the Tory party. Oh, a Tory donor? I would never go that far. No. Okay. Well, now I know what your standards are. Sure. <laughs> well, you you uh, you did well there. You didn't walk into my trap. I would take a single can of Coke Zero. <laughs> a single can of Coke Zero. I'd take a can of... Yeah, I think I would. I love a can of Coke I Zero. A Coke, I love a Coke Zero. And would you take Coke Zero over Diet Coke? Absolutely. I used to be a yeah, diehard Diet Coke girl. Me too. But I think Coke Zero is infinitely better. Yeah. Something about Coke Zero. Tell you what, though, if I'm on holiday, Fanta Limon. Oh, Fanta Lemon. Mm. Yeah. Vodka and Fanta Lemon is such a holiday drink. I've never had a vodka. I've never had it with vodka before. Oh, it's so good. It's what I it's what I drink when I'm in Spain. So when I went last year, when I went to Spain on my two-week holiday, <laughs> I it's just made me think like vodka and Fanta Limon. I, I have to call it Fanta Limon because you only limon. have it you only have it on the Mediterranean. You ne- Mediterranean, yeah. yeah, Mediterranean. You never have it in England, right? That'd be crazy. Unless I, you have mean, it with I have had it in my house. Uh, maybe okay, but Fanta Limon. Anyway, it just made me think of my two-e package holiday in Spain um, because the hotel we stayed in, which was freaking amazing, it was all like all inclusive, all the alcohol. I love all, all inclusive. When it, when we say all inclusive, we mean all all inclusive. Yeah, all all inclusive. So they had like a it was like food all day, like ramming it down your throats. But they had this little side room which was like a snack bar, and you could get your free like tea and coffee, and a cocktail of the day oh, which was that. in one of those like slush puppy kind of boxes wonderful just whizzing round and so you sat by the pool and you're obviously you're hot right yeah because you're sat by the pool in the sun and you're in spain and you're in spain on a two and someone goes oh, i'm just you know dave's like i'm just gonna go and get a beer and you're like i'll have another cocktail of the day and essentially cocktail of the day is like rum and juice juice that is like one percent fruit yeah the color the color was you know nuclear but you were like just slamming cocktails of the day it was yeah. absolutely beautiful. When I was in Mexico last year, I was doing something similar, but I um, I adopted in the daytime. They had what essentially were slush puppies, mm. but you could add a spirit of your choice. So I was oh. having like mango slush puppy with dark rum. Oh my God. Or with tequila. That's the dream, mate. That is the dream. And then as the as we got into the evening... I'd have a couple of glasses of wine with dinner and then switch on to raspberry vodka Party with mode. cranberry juice and lime. Oh, beautiful. Which Americans call a raspberry vodka crayon. Oh, that, that's made it... Which so makes good. it not as cool. No, but it is cool. delicious. Mm. Mm. Um, were, so when you're in Mexico, were the margaritas like... Were you like, I'm in Mexico, these margaritas oh are amazing. Oh, God, yeah. Not so much the margaritas in the hotel, although they were good. But when we went to Sayulita... Mm. The, oh my god the margaritas oh, and they have like tahini around the rim which is like a 
chili lime kind of seasoning. Oh, it's yeah. delicious. Yeah. So, so good. Is that your favourite cocktail, Margarita? It's up there. It's up there. I love an espresso martini. Well, I was going to say, my favourite cocktail of all time is an amaretto sours, up until <laughs> December 31st, 2022, when Sinead, to our New Year's Eve party, bought the ingredients for an espresso martini. But life hack, life hack of the century yeah. is to buy cold brew coffee. Cold brew coffee in a bottle and just mix that with the clear and vodka. Yeah. Oh my God. It's the best thing I've ever tasted. Delicious. Absolutely insane. Like me and Dave were talking about that for weeks. <laughs> that that was our highlight. Like because we've got two children and we're very tired, it was like Yeah, anything that, martinis? Yeah, oh. anything that just delivers you booze and caffeine in one fell swoop. Helps you forget, wakes you up. Yeah. What more could you want? Exactly. And also it's easy to make because you're just buying the cold brew from a shop. Drink enough espresso martinis and it'll be like you've done cocaine. <laughs> yeah, which is what we were going for. Yes. Yeah. We were hoping for cocaine. Second best espresso I mean, martini. Me and Rosie were feral at the New Year's Eve party. Completely feral. I think more feral than everyone else there. So bear in mind that at this New Year's Eve party, uh, my daughter Lola, who's now two, so she was just under two, and Ayla, who's also nearly two, were sat on the kitchen floor and they had emptied an entire box of Rice Krispies onto the floor and were sat picking them off the floor and eating them. Me and Sinead were worse. Yeah. We were worse. It was when we ran off giggling like school children to have a cigarette outside the front of Beth's house. In the wind and rain. I felt yeah. like a 14-year-old again. It was amazing. Oh, such a good time. Um, it's really it's really nice that um, we've just talked about that because what we're about to talk about is is on the other scale, isn't it? Very horrific. Yeah. The labour the labor episode. Yeah, it's going. Oh, it's called labour for a reason. In depth, very in depth. It's going to be very in depth, very icky. Um, but before we do that, Sinead, can you please uh, describe your week in one sentence? Yeah, schools are disgusting germ factories. <laughs> <laughs> Literally factories. Yeah, it really is. I I don't know turning them out. I don't know what new plague is going mm. to come out of that petri dish <laughs> each week. Oh, it really is. Are you feeling poorly? I, I'm i not feeling poorly, but Darcy has had a cough. So yeah. that means that I have been waking up multiple times in a yeah. night to feed her water. They can't, they can't, they can't not cough, can they? No, she also can't cough on her own. And she, yeah. she particularly likes yeah. to open her mouth like a, like a little circle and cough right into my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they kind of stick their tongue out a bit and they're like, <coughs> oh, they always stick their tongues out. And they're so disgusting, like little eels. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's God. It's so gross. And she yeah. has to just like spray all her germs in my face. We've been the same. Ramona has been coughing like an eel and Lola has been like snot <laughs> coughing like an eel. And Lola's got a snot coming out of it. It's just so much snot. <laughs> so yeah. much Why snot. Why are babies so snotty? Because Ugh. I can't, re- I, I don't recall a time where I have literally had <laughs> snot streaming out of my face. You know, it's the sort of snot. A few minutes as well. It's like viscous. You squeeze their nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's filled with palm like your tissue the tissue has to go straight in the bin yeah they're disgusting absolutely vile also um it hasn't hit us yet but what a friend of mine her daughter's got chicken pox so, chicken pox wasn't that bad for us no it wasn't for Ramona actually I did say to her that she said oh my, she said her daughter's got chicken pox and I was like can I send Lola around 
Uh, Get it out of the way. A chicken pot party. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for it, but then I thought Lola has just started nursery. So yes, by the yeah. way, big news: Lola started nursery this week. So she will be stricken down with some be, terrible. Yeah, fake. oh yeah. But the first, so the probably first day, by tomorrow. Yeah, but yeah, that's it. Tomorrow she'll be a mess. So her first. Um, so she had like a like induction sessions last week. So you'd go for like a couple of hours just for her to see. The the two hours that she went, um, both times she didn't notice we'd gone. <laughs> and then on Mon no Tuesday, which was her first full day on her own, uh, Dave took her. And then because we were both working from home, we were able to like both go and pick both of the girls up from school. So Is we this your week in a sentence? No, it's not. No, no it's, it's not. just a story. It's just a story. Um, so we all we both picked Ramona up and then we went to pick Lola up and I was like you know doting mother like open the door up crouched down arms out she came running over to us and just went daddy daddy like this and I was like fuck you and everything that surrounds you I was so angry and Dave said oh it's just because it's because I dropped Lola off so I was the one that left her and I was like no mate she just loves you more yeah it's fine there's no point in me being here see uh <laughs> Darcy doesn't have a dad, but... She still shouts daddy. I'm she... still not her favourite because my dad, her granddad, works away from Monday to Friday. Oh, so he... Yeah. As, as soon as that man walks in the door uh, on a Friday, I might as well not exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, who's wiping your ass and yeah. being coughed in the face <laughs> yeah. all week? Who's having to look at this stupid coughing eel all week? <laughs> and... I don't matter. As soon no. as her granddad walks no. in the door, granddad. granddad. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Uh, my week in one sentence, I just, ugh. I'm hoping that somebody will come back to us with some kind of context to this because we can't work it out. We we can't work this out for shit. This morning, these words came out of Ramona's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> She's realised what I'm about to say. Uh, Ramona said, mummy, I came out of your tummy before you came out of your tummy, didn't I? <laughs> uh what <laughs> no <laughs> but then she like she went I, like, I still don't understand it but then i was like what do you mean the fuck do you mean <laughs> what are you talking about i didn't say this but my first thoughts were are you on crack <laughs> um, she said and then she said oh well you know that program we watched with the lady with the pink hair who turns into a pink leopard and i was like Yes, Kiko. It's called Kiko. It's on Netflix. It's really good. And I was like, yeah. And then she looked at me as if I was going to give her the answer. And I was like, can you give me something? Can you string this together for me, please? And I was like, what does that have to do with you coming out of my tummy before I came out of my tummy? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. That's it. That's my week in one sentence. Just just pure confusion about children, everything. Children, like, I'm convinced that children are having several different conversations at the same time and mm. provide no one with the context as to which conversation they're conducting with them. No. I don't no I don't they're just a series of random events all happening at the same time. Do you have tendencies to be a bit like that? Yeah, to be fair, they get it from us, don't they? And I think it's because I have ADHD. I do also think that that is quite clear. Now we're in episode five. I think most of the listeners are going, Yeah. Yeah. We're getting that. We get tracks. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely your kids. <laughs> oh, they're really annoying and talk too much <laughs> and make no sense. Yeah, I can tell who they belong to. I concur. Yeah. Well, there we go. Um. So, uh, are we going to talk about labour this week? We are going to talk about labour. We've this got week. to do it, haven't we? We do. It's very important. It's a very important subject. One of the things, right? I think the main reason we have to talk about it is because. I had so much anger and and so much emotion after both of my births for different reasons about 
just labour from a societal point of view that I really wanted to do something with it and I wanted to become an advocate for like birth rights mm-hmm. but it is so all-encompassing at that moment and then having a child is so all-encompassing that you forget yeah. completely yeah so I have done nothing to advocate for birth rights <laughs> because I have children yeah and they make me forget about that because I I'm too busy either putting a shoe and a slipper on my two-year-old or pouring fucking multigrain hoops back into a pot so that I can put Weetabix in the bowl instead that she then won't eat. So that's <laughs> why, that's why I have not been doing anything for birthrights currently. Yeah. Uh, it's so tiring. But yeah, uh, we're going to talk about our labour experiences today. Yes. Aren't we? Which are all very different. Rosie's had two, I've had one, and they're all very, very different. Mm. We're going to kick off with Ramona. Yeah. Then we're going to move on to Darcy. Yeah. And then we're going to finish up with Lola. Yeah, I think that's a nice way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, sandwich you in the middle. Yeah. And my birth experience was an experience. Relatively positive. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, we're going to go from... So, yeah, that makes sense, because we're going to go from Ramona, which was horrific, to kind of annex. As you've just described, an experience. <laughs> it was a thing that happened. And then on to Lola, which was an absolute joy. Yeah. So that would be a nice way to finish it. Absolutely. Um, so end on a high. End, let's end on a high. Um, now, I've just remembered that I didn't mention something in our pregnancy episode, which was when we were about just about to give birth. Okay. Just those few days before it actually happens. Mm-hmm. So can I start by telling the story um of that please of course you can thank you uh just because it's hilarious so because we yeah because we didn't really talk about it because it's so you kind of forget that like those few days when you're it's like your due date isn't it Mm. so your due date um you're given a due date which is madness you shouldn't be given a date you should be given a month yeah there's no there's there's an absolutely did you know i think it's less than three percent of people give birth on their due date so don't give people a fucking day give them give them a week yeah, I think a week makes sense. A week is fine because then everything is everything medically is then surrounded by that. And if you go over that by two weeks, then then trying like forcing you into induction, um, which is insane because in the UK, forty weeks is classed as as ready. Mm. In France, it's forty one weeks. So if at forty two weeks I'm being forced into induction just because I live in the UK, whereas in France you get an extra week anyway. Um, yeah, so those kind of days leading up to it are a bit mad, aren't they? You're kind of in limbo because you're like, oh, I could have a baby. I could have a baby. Yeah, and baby. every single feeling you're on red ooh, alert. You're like, ooh, ooh. ooh. And then you can also get quite stressed because it's not that. You're like, go to. I, I remember feeling like I'd go to bed one night. I'd be like, this is the night. I can feel it. And then you wake up in the morning and you're like, fuck. Like, that wasn't the night. <laughs> that was not the night. What? This is unexpected. So, yeah, very quickly, I'll just mention that my father planned my grandma's funeral for my due date he didn't he didn't kill her (laughs) just spoiler but she died actually quite rude she died on my birthday so my grandma my granddad died on my birthday how dare they i know i think it's rude it is quite rude isn't it It it's rude um so my grandma died on my birthday so my dad had to make that call to me and I was like a few weeks ready to pop, basically. And it's your birthday. And it's my bloody birthday. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, my dad rings me and says, just to let you know, I'm, I've am i planned grandma's funeral. It's going to be on the 25th of April. 
And I was like, oh, the day that I'm supposed to have my child. Thank you for that. And just like my dad, as usual, just straight over his head, like, well, it's all right, whatever. So I um, did not let that slide, Sinead, because let me tell you, in that, I think we've, I think we've spoke about this before. It's not called a funeral limousine, is it? No. What is it called? It's called a funeral car. Funeral car. It's a funeral limousine. <laughs> the party bus. Um, uh, in the funeral limousine, um, I did quite often pretend that my waters had broke. Because <laughs> I was like, how, do, how dare you? But the reason that I wanted to tell this story is because I believe that this day was probably the beginning of my labour story. Oh. Yeah. So I was, my due date was the 25th. I went to my grandma's funeral, made everyone think that I was going into labour. Uh, I also did a um, feminist speech at her funeral, which I'm sure everybody appreciated. Um, and then we went back to my grandma's house for the wake. Mm-hmm. And at the wake, uh, one of our kind of like extended family, Alison, I was talking to her about like how I was, I, I was like, it's my due date. I'm ready to go. I want to have this baby now. I'm done over it. And one of the things that you are not supposed to do when you are very, very heavily pregnant is have reflexology. Because reflexology is all about like rubbing parts of your feet that are connected to your bits of your body. And apparently, I mean, this is all like kind of, this has not been medically clarified, right? It's just one of those things that they say. And that is that like, if you have reflexology, it can bring on early labor. Yeah. So we spoke about this and Alison said, oh, I'm, um, I'm certified to do reflexology. I, I did a reflexology course. I've got a certificate. I can do it technically professionally if I want to. And I said, well, fucking rub my feet then. Get this baby out. And she rubbed my feet and I did start having contractions a day later. So I don't know if it was just like the kind of madness of funerals or if she was ready or if it was the foot rub. Or if it was a combination of all of the above. It could have been a combination. 24 hours later, I started having contractions. Now, the big thing here, Sinead, is to tell you that I didn't have my child until three days later what have you got to say about that (laughs) so I was technically in labor for three days oh no and is this like full-on labor well labor labor I think that the midwives classed me as um I can't remember the term they use but it's like failure to failure to progress is that what they call it yeah yeah I think something like that yeah failure to progress it basically means you're shit at labor so you're having contractions but you're not dilating you're you're having contractions you are in so much pain that you can't do anything but your baby is not coming out is essentially what they mean yeah but they call it failure to progress which is a really lovely way of putting it isn't it yeah a really lovely way of putting it um yeah I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and just like uh go get through this but please do interject so it isn't just me talking about how awful this is okay so i went into i started having contractions on yeah the thursday and they were quite nice and not nice but i was like not too bad like you're able to deal with them and i was timing them they were like 10 minutes apart so i was like this is the start my birth plan was to have a really lovely birth at home and I did not have that. <laughs> that did not happen at all. But I, so I started having contractions. 
and everything was fine. We walked to the shop because I was told that walking helps. Yeah. It did not. Okay. <laughs> uh, it did not help. Have you come face to face with the mucus plug yet? Yeah, so the mucus plug is a real bone of contention for me because I went... So why don't you explain what the mucus plug is? So the mucus plug is essentially a really large piece of snot that falls out of your vagina. Funny, we were just talking about snotty kids. Yeah. When, you're, you're, when your kid is the most snottiest, it's that, but coming out of your vagina. Yeah, it's it? like... Are you going to be sick? <laughs> Please don't be sick. It's um, snot. It's snot. It's viscous (laughs) to the point of like solidity. Like it's gross. Yeah. It's like, you know how kids are really obsessed with slime? Yeah. Yeah. And you just think you you don't know what's coming, mate. You don't know what's going to wait till that comes out of your vagina. Yeah, you wait. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And this is, a mucus plug is not really explained to you when you're pregnant at all. No. Because I was like, I had to Google it. Yeah. I googled why is snot coming out of my <laughs> vagina. <laughs> I think uh, it was like why is snot coming out of my vagina? Pregnant, 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 pregnant snot. Please, I'm talking about pregnant snot, not this, not the weird sort. Um, yes, yeah, so, yeah. I well, I did my mucus plug did come out, but there was a problem with it. Oh, so I had my contractions for a day. I wasn't feeling too bad about it, but by that evening, I was you like can't get over it. I was, it was getting too painful. Yeah. And the contractions were much shorter. They were much like, um, the time between them was much shorter. And I was mainly sat on the end of the bed holding Dave's hands. Um, He could not leave my side. It was too painful. Like he couldn't leave. So I think for the first 48 hours, me and him did not eat or drink. But like we sipped of water. I think the only thing that passed my mouth in three days was a handful of Skittles. Maybe that's why I'm so obsessed with Skittles now. <laughs> it's a survival thing. Um, but yeah, it was just too painful. It was too painful, man. It was like, it was insane. And I know now why, but at the time I couldn't understand it. And the midwives came, checked me. And the problem is when you have a home birth, your midwives come and they they want to like test the baby's heartbeat and stuff. And they do all these tests on you. But you have to sort of stay still while they're doing it. And it's really hard to when you're in an excruciating amount of pain. Yeah. Now, contractions are described as contractions because your whole body is essentially contracting. It's like squeezing. Yeah. So it's kind of squeezing to kind of squeeze the baby out. And it's like pushing its way down and down and down. Yeah. Um, And it's a really hard pain to describe, isn't it? Because a contraction is like... (sighs) It's like your body is being racked with pain. Yeah. It's almost like somebody is trying to wring water out of your internal organs. Yeah. But then it's at the like same... this. Yeah, like, sque- yeah, yeah. But also... Squeezing and twisting. Squeezing and twisting. But then it's like, it's a, it's like a muscle pain because your muscles are doing loads of work. Yeah. And but also then... someone is stabbing you with a red hot also, knife. So, yeah. All of those things is what a contraction is. Oh, I really hope you're not pregnant if you're listening. <laughs> no, it's fine. And I and I will end on a high because all of this happened for a reason. The, the reason that it felt so bad, I might as well say it now. The reason that it was so excruciating is because Ramona was back to back. Now, if your baby is back to back, it means that they can't come out the right way. They have to twist before they come out. So they're essentially pushing 
against your vagina and they can't get out. Yeah. So the reason a back-to-back labour is so painful is because they're essentially, essentially you're labouring out the right way, and they're not coming out the right way. So yeah. everything hurts, and your pelvis hurts much more because your your baby is pushing itself against your pelvis in the wrong way. Yeah, similar to like breech births. I, I yeah are meant to hurt more as well. It's just the wrong way. It's just happening the wrong way, yeah. and all that essentially needs to happen is your baby needs to turn. But sometimes that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So the reason and and the reason stupid babies, stupid fucking babies. Um, and the reason why this was so traumatic for us is because no one told us this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until after three months after our birth that we knew that Ramona was back to back. So oh, for all really? of this time, I'm going, what the fuck's wrong with me? Why did it no hurt one so saying? Much? To, why does it hurt so much? And why is no one doing anything about it? And the really scary thing for me is that for those 48 hours, home birth midwives were coming to see me, checking on me, and then fucking off yeah now that's not their fault they had more imminent births to go to and that's totally fine but for me uh, in that moment that was terrifying it makes you feel because i was like this will this will never end yeah and that happened maybe like four or five times is that they came sat in my lounge while i was in the bedroom just like holding on today's hands so tightly that i like i think he uh he didn't tell me afterwards until, obviously, until afterwards how much I hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't think you understand how strong you are. Um, so, yeah, and they just kept like coming to check on me and going, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. And then just going. And I think that's the thing about labour, isn't it? Once you're in it, you, you can't, don't yeah. know. You, there's no going back. No. And you don't know how long this is going to happen exactly. for. It could be another hour. It could be another three days. Yes. Yes, in my case, it was like another, at least another 24 hours. So that was really scary for me. It was really scary for Dave. We didn't know what we were doing. And I didn't have the energy or the forethought to say, well, can we try some different things? Yeah. I was glued to the end of my bed with fear and pain, holding on to Dave, and there was nothing else we could do about it. Mm. And every so often, a midwife would come and strap something to my belly and then say, you're doing fine, you're doing so well, and then go. And it it was like... terrifying it's the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life yeah and we got to like the friday night so we're sort of like two days in now and um it was just getting worse and worse and worse there were moments where i thought so there's a term that they use in labor which is called bearing down which sounds as mad as it is yeah it is essentially where you feel you have like a gut feeling you want to just get on the floor to have the baby it's animalistic it's essentially like you know like a horse or a a cow or something bearing down going this baby's coming out and I had that moment like I had that feeling where I was like I have to get on the floor I need to get on the floor something is pushing me to this floor which for me was like this baby's coming the spoiler the baby didn't come for two days (laughs) so it was not that at all I don't know if it was maybe she was moving slightly or whatever but mucus plug I went to the toilet and my mucus plug had come out, but it was like, br- it was brown. Ah. Right? So now that means if it's brown, it's like a suggestion that it could have um, meconium, meconium in, it. in it. Now, meconium is the word for... Baby shit. Baby poo in your in your belly. Yeah. <laughs> baby poo. In- Did you know that? Babies can poo. Fetal shit, basically. Fetal shit <laughs> in your stomach. Um, and so at this moment, the mucus plug had come out. And then I had like fully lost my shit i was like I, I i was not coping at all yeah and then dave had a mental breakdown and started crying and oh. it was it was horrible but it was like the best thing that could have happened to us because dave is not like he's an emotional guy and you know he's he's not like he's not like stone 
but to see him like fully like have a full kind of crying like a like a child does when they're really upset it was like that that for me was like okay we're done here we have to do something about this because I'm not having that yeah not because I felt like I'm I'm not having I'm not having having this emotion no I was like I was like I, I can't I can't see Dave like this. Essentially, it was like yeah. seeing him like this isn't is is, is made me snap. Mm-hmm. So at that point, he'd had his little breakdown. And I was like, "Hospital, we're going to fucking hospital, and I'm having an epidural because we're done here. We're totally done." And so Dave then rang the midwife and said, "We're going to hospital," and she was going, "Well, but she's doing so well." And I and literally, he was on the phone for ages to this woman who was going, "No, she's doing really well. Get her to stick it out a bit longer." And I was just stood there going. I'm going to fucking hospital, hospital. I'm going to hospital like this. And he's going, yeah, she really wants to go to the hospital. <laughs> and she's going, oh, but she's doing so well. And I'm going, hospital. hospital. And then stupidly, he told her about the mucus plug. And then because he'd said it was like brown, she then made him describe it to her, to her in like minute detail. And I'm not kidding. The question she was asking, this conversation went on for about 20 minutes. Oh, no. What sort of like, what did it look like? What shade of brown was it? And then it was like, what consistency was it? And he and I was there the whole time going, I'm going to fucking hospital. Do you have the Pantone hospital. Colour? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> can, we have, can we have the Pantone chart up, please? Just so I can, yeah. It was awful. And he was going, hospital, hospital. I'm going, we're going to hospital. And um, by this point, my contractions were like every minute. It was oh, horrid absolutely horrid and finally he just he I think he just hung up on her you know I think he genuinely just went no and then we went I was like got a hospital bag like you have to pack one anyway right just in case and we went outside this was at like six in the morning and we went outside it was raining of course and at this point you've also not slept for not quite slept a considerable for two days. amount of time and yeah. I've had a handful of skittles and no water yeah uh no I had had some water I had a small amount of water um and we went outside and it was like six in the morning. We lived on like a tiny little flat on like above a shop on a street of shops. And there was like one car outside a house with the engine on. And I was like, oh, drug dealers. Because <laughs> it usually was. It was like, oh, drug dealers. 6 a.m. It's a bit early. I know. A bit, bit early for crack. <laughs> the devil works hard. That's crack dealer works harder. <laughs> yeah. But then, no, it was not a crack dealer. It was a bloody midwife. And she got out of the car and was like, are you Rosie? Are you Rosie? And I was like, they're going, who the fuck else do you think I am? Do you ever see any other pregnant women in distress around here? What do you think, mate? What do you fucking think? So I was like, yes, I am Rosie. And she was like, oh, I've been sent by the, I've been sent round. I was like, I'm going to hospital. (laughs) And I'm not kidding. I literally just went, and she was like mid-sentence. And I was like, car door, slam, engine on, fuck up. She was just stood there going, oh, but I'm, we're going to hospital. And like my contractions felt like significantly better at this point. And I think it's because at that moment I made a decision that was mine. Yeah. I'd made a decision and something was happening. And that was important because it's like we're doing something and we're going to, something's going to happen. And it's going to be fine. The other thing that happened, which is really interesting, is because I was so adamant that I wanted a home birth because I didn't want a hospitalized birth and I didn't want that kind of environment where you were perhaps coerced into doing things or not making your own decisions. Mm-hmm. But what was so reassuring for me is that when we decided to go to hospital Dave rang the hospital and said we're coming in because of this this and this and the midwife just went that's fine mate come on in do you want to pull basically just said you can have anything you want we'll be waiting for you and they literally were waiting for us we got to the hospital walked in and these two midwives were like come on in let's get you checked we can get a pool run for you if you want 
And it was beautiful. It's such a beautiful and important moment for us because I was scared of having a hospital birth. I know a lot of people are scared of having home births for mm-hmm. the opposite reason. Like I was scared of having a hospital birth because I wanted my baby at home like a, you know, cave woman. And that wasn't happening. So to be welcomed in like that and to be like, you can do whatever you want and you can make whatever choice you want was really important. Yeah. So they checked me and they were like, you're four to five centimetres dilated. <sighs> Two days in, I was like, just five centimetres. And I don't think I was five centimetres, frankly, because the student who did it was like, I think she's like four to five, four to five centimetres. And I think, I think the midwife went, shall we say five so that she can do what she wants? <laughs> Because essentially you can't have an epidural unless you're five centimetres dilated. Yeah. So I think they went, yeah, 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 yeah. She's five, definitely five. five. That's a definite five. Yeah. Five, 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 five. So they were like, you can have a pool birth if you want, if you want to carry on. And I was like, epidural, please. Epidural. Epidural right now, please. Now, when you have an epidural, you have to have an an, an anaesthetist come from theatre, don't you? I don't know where they come from. They come from theatre. Uh-huh. Mine came from being asleep. <laughs> so my well mine came from theatre and they were like you're gonna have to wait an hour for her to come and I was like contracting consistently at this point it was like all pain all pain yeah and it was just it's like your entire world has been reduced to the pain that you're experiencing yeah it's just pure pain pure pain um but they were like so they got a nurse to come in to do my is it the catheter where they cannula cannula that's the one cannula so they got a nurse to come in and do my cannula and i've got really bad veins so do i Terrible veins. so she came in she she tried to put the cannula in she literally walked in took my hand poked it a bit and went oh i've collapsed your vein and then walked out thanks love so Thank she you. she disappeared but this was the best thing to happen to me because it meant that uh if they can't get a cannula in, they have to get an anaesthetist to come and do it, which meant she had to come from theatre immediately, Yeah, which meant I was like an hour early, which is great. Yeah. And let me tell you, this woman, she was like, she was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. She was like a stunning, she was wearing a hijab and she had like the most porcelain skin with the the most, I mean, it's amazing the details I remember from this the most beautiful eyeliner flicks I've ever seen in my life. She was gorgeous and she had like a French accent and she she might as well have floated in. I don't think she walked. (laughs) I think she was floating and she just floated in. She took my hand and she put the cannula in. She may as well have been kissing my hand. She put the cannula in one go, bang, in. And she was like, as soon as she did that, she just did it, bump, done. And then she was like, okay, that's done. And I was like, you can you can stab a syringe in my back any day any day of the week you can you can put whatever you want in my spine <laughs> so then she had to do the then she did the epidural which is like it sounds horrific i remember hearing about epidurals before i was pregnant just in generalized terms yeah and being like, i can't think of anything worse than someone puncturing my spinal cord <laughs> yeah but let me tell you that was nothing <laughs> in comparison <laughs> to what had already occurred. What had already occurred and what was about to occur. So she did the epidural for me. And then I spent the whole day in hospital with no pain. And it was the best feeling in the world. It was glorious. Dave had a full meal. We joked with the midwives. They became my best mates. <laughs> um, and they, yeah, Dave had a, like a chicken meal, which was amazing. I couldn't eat it because you have an epidural you can't eat. Oh, yeah, which is really annoying. Really annoying. Really annoying. So, but that was fine. And then like it got to the evening and they were like okay I think you're ready to push now and that was really fun as well because I started pushing and it was like a full workout but I couldn't feel anything 
So it was really weird. And I was like sweating and I was like, this is so mad that I'm like doing stuff that I can't feel. Yeah. And, and work, my body's working and I have no like actual feeling of it. Yeah, that is weird. And we were having a right old laugh. It was great fun. And I was so excited. I was like, I'm about to have this baby. It's great fun. No, fi- no pain. And I was doing that for an hour. And then the midwife, she was incredible. She was incredible. She was wonderful. And I will net, it was like something out of a film because we did the pushing and then we stopped the pushing. And then she like walked over to the machine and then she just sort of went, okay, um, I'm just going to go and get someone. And it was like the room went dark. It felt like, honestly, like. Did then you have like a rush of people all coming so at the same she, time? So she left the room. A woman who I'd never met before came in. And you know, we were talking about sweeps. Yeah. She basically did that, but it was so aggressive and it was so painful. I'd had an epidural, so I technically shouldn't have been able to feel anything. But she stuck her hand up there so aggressively that I said, I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was was like, what? I didn't know who she was. She literally walked in, didn't say anything to me, stuck her hand up my vagina, massive, like... Not the whole hand. No, whole hand. It was fucking horrible. And she said, I said, what are you doing? And she said, um, uh, we're going to have to get a doctor in um, to do an assisted delivery. Otherwise, your baby's not, your baby's not going to be okay. And I was like, what the, f- what the fuck? Excuse me? Excuse me? So then she left. That was it. That's the only interaction I had with her. That's insane. She walked out and then about 10 people came in the room. 10 people came into the room. They all had trays with them. A man walked in, put my legs in stirrups and said, Miss Johnson, I'm going to have to do an assisted delivery. And I said, I do not consent to that. And he continued. <laughs> and I said, Dave. And Dave was there going, what the fuck? And I was like, Dave, I don't, I'm not okay with this. He basically said to Dave, like, we have to do this. We, or we're not sure if the baby will be okay. And he was like, I don't, well, Rosie, I don't know what to say to you. Do you think we just have to let them? And I was like, but I don't consent to this. And then they just carried on. So they put my legs in stirrups and he went, okay, Miss Johnson, I'm going to have to give you a small episiotomy for this. Uh, yeah, fucking, I know, right? So an episiotomy, for those who don't know, is where they basically cut, cut you open. Yeah. At the, at the vaginal area. Um, Vagina to butthole. Yes. So I only had a very tiny one, but um, yes, he did that. And then he got a Vontus, which is a plunger for the baby's head. Plunger with a hoover attachment. Plunger with a hoover attachment to suck the baby out of your body. Yeah. yeah. And I think as well, like, it could have been, it didn't need to be like that. Oh, my God, no. He did not need to walk no. into the room and say, I need to do this or, mm-hmm. like, your baby will not be okay. And you're saying, I don't consent. But if he'd said, we're concerned about the baby yeah, and we think it would be beneficial for you to have an assisted delivery for X, Y, Z reason, yeah, yeah. you're a reasonable person. Yeah. You would have listened to that mm-hmm. and been like, Go ahead. Yeah. And that would have saved you so much trauma in the long run. Yeah. And the, the other thing, so what had happened was at this point, the midwife was just stood in the corner, just staring at the screen. And it's like she was scared to look at me. And it's because it, it felt to me like she was she'd just given up. She's like, okay, the doctors are here now. I'm not allowed to have my I'm not allowed to have my say. And I'm not allowed to be here for this woman anymore. It was awful. I awful. think that it, there is kind of that dynamic between doctors and midwives there sometimes is. as well there is it's like a power thing it's and a power it's thing. not fair on the midwives no it's because not. of all the work they do yeah this is the problem i have with doctors who do now this is one of the problems i have with what is his name is it adam k the guy who writes those books yeah so his whole thing he did that tv show that this is going to hurt and yes it's very funny to talk about the medical profession in such stark and drastic terms 
but the way he demoralizes women in the way that it's like we come in and save them you didn't you weren't here for the first three days that I was in labor yeah. you know nothing about me mm-hmm. you know nothing about my labor you're just going to pull a baby out of me and then be like I'm the doctor I've done a great job the baby's alive mm-hmm. and that's what it felt like so they did that they did suck the baby out <laughs> they sucked, sucked Ramona out but I felt all of it because I didn't know, and I didn't know this until three months after, but they'd forgot to put my epidural drip it back in. Like they'd forgot to top me up. So I was getting all of the feelings back and they pulled the baby out of me thinking that I was, couldn't feel any of it. And I was screaming like an absolute banshee. And I bet they were thinking, what's wrong with her? And I was like, because I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it all. And then when she came out, she was covered in shit. And so the first moment that I saw her, she was, she had a tube down her throat. And she was covered in shit. And they were like pulling all the shit out of her. And that's not the moment where you want to have your baby placed gently yeah. on your chest. I'd I be like, you. can you wash her first? Please clean her and take that tube away. Yeah, so that that was awful. Um, but actually, so yeah, so she was, she was like, she was black, like completely brown and like dripping with meconium and the tube and all of that. But she came out, they did all of that, and then they wiped her down. And then they sort of, as they passed her to me, I remember like her eyes opening. She did look like a goblin. <laughs> like she really, she really looked like Gollum. Because you know how Gollum's got really bulbous eyes? Yeah. It was like that. Oh. They, oh my God, those eyes opening and just like looking around was pure magic. It yeah. was, I can't think of. And bless Lola, because Lola's birth was much easier. I didn't have that same... I, of course, I had the moment of love and everything. But it was just like those... After all of that, and those big, wide golem eyes looking around the room, it was just... I can't think of anything more magical. Mm. So they passed They passed her to me. And we were both in pieces, obviously. And then... <laughs> at that point... So then they don't tell you about this either. You have to birth your placenta. Yeah. Yeah, you do. They don't tell you about that at all. So you have to give birth and then give birth to something else. And they never yeah. tell you that you have to give birth to something else. So you have to give birth to the placenta and it fucking hurts. So you have did you look at your placenta? Uh, I did with Lola, but not with this one. Yeah, I remember the midwife. Oh, I'll come on to that. Yeah, come on to that. Come on to that. But yeah, so because at that point I was technically still on epidural, I was there like in love with my baby. And at that point, the doctor who I fucking hated with all of my heart said to me, okay, Miss Johnson, I'm going to need you to push now for the placenta. And I remember, I don't know if I said it out loud. I'll never know. I don't think Dave know, but I remember just looking up at him and going, fuck you. And I did not push. So he kind of had to pull it out a bit (laughs) because I did nothing for that man after that. I was like, how dare you? Yeah. I'm going to need you to do this. I'm going to need you to fuck off. Yeah, get out of my sight. <laughs> okay. um, and then, yeah, so that was, I think that's all I can say about it. Um, and how big was your baby? She was tiny. She was like six pounds, 11 or something. Oh, She was a tiny, tiny, tiny little gremlin. Teeny, teeny, tiny little gremlin. But then like, so the epidural wore off and then I had to get out of bed, the getting out of bed. And then like everything falls out of you. Did you have that? Oh, just the sound of the of the juices coming out of you when you get out of the bed. Yeah, it splats on the floor. <laughs> on the floor. Like someone being sick on the floor is sad. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Um, yeah. And then I had to spend the night in hospital on my own, which was the worst night of my life. But I think we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. So that was Ramona. Really horrific. Can you tell me something funny before we... <laughs> I mean, Please. you're in for a treat, Rosie. Because, Please, for the uh, love of God, say something funny. Like most of my life, my birth story... Is hilarious? 
Yeah. Yay! Pretty much. <laughs> okay, go on then. So we begin. Darcy's born was born on a Sunday morning. So this is the Monday previous to that. Okay. <laughs> I had my midwife appointment. And my midwife has fingered me <laughs> and told me that my placenta is favourable and I'm about coming up to a centimetre dilated so it, things could start to happen. And then on the Wednesday, I had another appointment that was with uh, a consultant anaesthetist because they had advised me they wanted me to have an epidural for my birth because I have a condition that makes me faint and they didn't know how that was going to affect yeah. my birth. Yeah. So I had an appointment with her and then i can't remember why there was a midwife there but i then had another another sweep at the hospital another fingering another aggressive fingering <laughs> most so, action we've had in the years <laughs> it was <laughs> i've not had so much action since <laughs> so uh we then i went home and why not after having such a favorable cervix <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> My, cer- my cervix is very reasonable yeah come on guys so um i went home and then about the end of as we were getting into the evening time i went to the toilet mm. and as i wiped i felt the the mucus plug Ugh. come out the slime and i was like what is this i extracted my hand from between my legs <laughs> and i can only describe it as a solid block of yellow snot oh, with yeah. like a little bit of red strings yeah, yeah. to it. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? The fuck <laughs> is this? So you didn't know what a mucus plug was at this point? I think I'd read about it, but I had You'd not put the two I together. I had failed co- to conceptualize <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. what a mucus plug is. I think that's is. fair enough. <laughs> so I Google snot coming from vagina pregnant. <laughs> and it says, do you mean mucus plug? <laughs> and then um, I realise it's my mucus plug. And then this snot st- substance yes. keeps coming out of my vagina. Yeah. So I put on one of those maternity pads that's essentially like a toddler mattress. Yes, yes. To, to catch it all <laughs> and go about my day. And I wasn't having any contractions. Mm. I had like... a kind of sore hips so I was like oh. yeah and they booked me in because we weren't sure on my exact date so I was uh, booked yeah. in for an induction on my due date which was the 20th of January yeah we fast forward to the Friday I'm still dilating I'm not having any contractions I had one what could have been a contraction I was like oh yeah. but then it oh, went what's that yeah. And then I didn't get any more. So the next That's morning they told me to ring the hospital at nine o'clock and see when I needed to go in, basically. Yeah. So I rang them, they said come in at about twelve o'clock. I was like, okay. I had my shower, washed my hair, yeah, got myself ready. Get yourself nice and clean to have a baby. Yeah. Because got my bags all together and we report to the hospital. And when we first got there, there was maybe three other labouring women on the labour ward. Yeah. I get checked by the midwives. They said that I was about three centimetres dilated, so I didn't actually need to be induced. They just needed someone to break my waters. Oh, yeah. And I needed to wait for some midwives to become available. So yeah. they strapped me to the, you know, like the, the bands that go around your belly. Yeah. Like, baby's okay. 
I had like a scan on one of the portable scan machines. They were like, she's in perfect position to be born. Mm -hmm. She'd been engaged for a really long time. And she was so low at that point. You know, when the baby is so low, it feels like they're coming out of your vagina. Every time you sit down, it feels like you're sitting on their head. Yeah. 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 So they they were just like, you just got to wait for some midwives to become available. So me and my (laughs) mum... proceed i don't know behave like we're in butlins oh you were like girls on tour yeah so <laughs> we we've gone for several walks up and down the corridors didn't you have a didn't you have a kfc yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're coming on to that <laughs> i remember the pictures now yes. so i've watched um i watched some netflix on my ipad oh, me and my mum went for a walk up and down the stairs this is unacceptable and every time i went down the stair i thought that she was going to come out of uh, me onto the stairs yes. yeah uh back up the stairs down the stairs back up the stairs and then we settled into my bed to read some magazines and chat and my mum french plaited my hair so it'll be out of my face for labor so nice we were playing that sure you know the heads up Game. Are you serious? I'm sorry. We were bouncing on birthing balls playing heads this up. This is unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> and then um, I was like, I'm starving. I'm so hungry at this point. We've got there at 12 o'clock. It's about five o'clock by now. And I was yeah. like, I'm so hungry. I really want a KFC. So we rang my dad and my dad went to KFC and brought us a KFC to the hospital. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I sat on, on my hospital bed eating my KFC. And then the midwife came over and she was just like, I'm really sorry, but someone's just come in and um, we're going to have to put her in front of you. And from eavesdropping on the conversation, mm-hmm. I gathered it was something to do with like either she had a heart condition or her baby had a heart condition or something and they needed she needed to have an emergency C-section. Yeah. And the midwife went oh, I hope you don't mind, but she's got to go in front of you. Like, I'd be like, no, let this woman and her child die I'm so sorry. I can have mine happen. first. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I've oh. actually finished my KFC, so <laughs> yeah. I'm ready now. I was like, no, no, it's fine. So we had a little bit longer to wait. And about 12 o'clock... Like midnight, we're talking now. Midnight, yeah. yeah. They, my mum said, oh, do you mind if I go home to our house? Yeah. Because it's not likely to happen till the morning now. Why so, did she say that? Why did she think it was not likely to happen? Because we've been waiting so long for midwives and she was... Oh, like, I see, right. She wasn't, like, she obviously couldn't get in the bed with me and go yeah. to sleep because I, at this point, was the, roughly the size of a three-bed semi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she went home to try and get some rest and I had a little nap. And I just remember the radio was playing and... Um, you had a little nap. Had a little nap. Whitney Houston was playing. God almighty. And then about half three-ish, mm. maybe about three o'clock, something like that anyway, the midwife comes and gently shakes me. Mm-hmm. She was like, are you ready now? I've got some midwives to break your waters. I was like... so dreamy. Yeah, okay. Can I ring my mum? <laughs> can i please have someone with me she was like yeah yeah go ahead you ring your mom we'll bring you down to the delivery room and like get everything set up so that we can get started when your mom gets here so i was like okay cool off i trot down to the dinghy room mm-hmm. and i get onto the bed and they put the monitors on my belly 
and the student tries to cannulate me. Mm. Like you, I have really shit veins. So it took three goes. First go, she tried to put it in my hand. And I don't know what she did because then blood shot out of my hand. <laughs> what what felt like up to the ceiling. <laughs> so, so she was like, okay, wow. like, not that one then. So then she put one in my other hand right wrist yeah and you could feed into it but she couldn't draw out of it so she was like let's try one more time so i ended up having it on my left wrist yeah and but for some reason the drip stand was on the right hand side of the bed oh my god so she never moved the drip stand back round and then I had the two uh, monitors. So what, that you were like being pulled by the... by the. Well, there's obviously a, quite a lot of slack in the... But it was going tube, over you. But it was going over me. And we'll come into this later. Oh, Christ. So uh, I have... I'd just been cannulated, I think, when my mum got there. Mm. And then they were like, well, we're ready. We can break your water now. I was like, can I go to the toilet first? Because I was, for some reason, terrified of pooing while I was giving birth oh yeah people say that and I was like and I hadn't gone all day because I was like I can just get it all out before because I know when it's going to happen so I went to the toilet did my business came back they were like okay we'll break your waters now and it is the most bizarre feeling it is what I can only describe as a it's a crochet crochet hook hook. yeah and then it felt like weeing but not weeing yeah 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 it felt like just lots of fluid was falling out of me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's... And it's warm. It's warm. Horribly warm. Well, it's coming out of you, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So they do that, and they also hook me up to a drip of the, uh, like, the oxytocin drip. Yeah. Hook me up to the drip. But I don't think they realise how quickly breaking my waters would make me start contracting on my own because at that point i've been yeah. in labor for the best part of a week yeah and not had a single con- contraction yeah and was dilating yeah you know slowly over time and then <laughs> they give me the drip and they break my waters and it was like my contractions went from zero to a hundred in yeah. about five minutes that happened when I was on my epidural labours for me and I went from five centimetres to ten centimetres in an hour. So it's the same, it was the same sort of thing, but I didn't feel it, obviously. And it was horrendously painful. Yeah. Especially already... when it comes on like that as well. Yeah. Like, just there was bang. no like easing into it. Yeah. Like I remember the first few ones, I was like, ooh, ooh, your date. And then it went from ooh to <laughs> I'm an animal now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mom, bless her, is she's only little, and I'm grasping her hand. Yeah. And then because it came on so quick, I don't think they were realizing it was going to be so quick. So yeah. they hadn't got the gas in there ready. Yeah. And I was like, it's starting to hurt now. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite painful, actually. And they looked at the like readout of the contractions because that's mm. what the one of the straps around your belly is for isn't it to measure yeah. the contractions and they were like oh okay so uh, <laughs> the baby's coming you're contracting now yeah so i was like okay so they've given me the gas and air and i've i've started to have my contractions and then because they had arranged for me to have this have an epidural um my mom and you know it was funny when you described your 
your anaesthetist because it could potentially have been the same anaesthetist, but I had a completely different experience. Oh. Because my mum on her way in had seen someone asleep on like some chairs. Yeah. That woman was the anaesthetist, which is fair enough. If you're a doctor, you need to get your rest yeah, if you're on call, whatever. Yeah. So the anaesthetist comes in and I think this is maybe an hour in. My labour wasn't very long. I was yeah. from breaking my waters to Darcy being born was just over four hours. Yeah. So it wasn't very long at all. But she's walked in and she's like, right, okay, so we'll put put the epidural line in. Yeah. But she was really like rude and br- like brusque to yeah. the to the midwives. Yeah. And then she was like, right, roll on your side. And I was terrified that. I had this thought in my head that was going around. It was like, what if she paralyzes me by putting this yeah, needle yeah, in my yeah, spine? Yeah, because yeah, that can happen. <laughs> and there was no break between, because she was like, we need to wait for a break yeah, between you. Me too. And I was like, there is none. I was like, there, there is, is no, no break. break between. It is, my... all, it is all pain. Yeah. It is 100% pain. But I remember forcing myself to sit as still as I possibly could. And I had the needle. I did not feel the needle go into my no, back. I don't think I did. I felt the tiniest prick of mm. the local anesthetic. Yeah. And then I felt the cold. The cold, yeah. That cold drip down the middle of your spine. spine. Mm. And I was like, okay, so the pain is going to be taken away very soon. Mm. The pain wasn't taken away very soon. (laughs) Oh, no. The pain really wasn't taken away very soon. Did she do it wrong? No. So she'd inserted the needle correctly. Yeah. But the pump that the drugs were attached to was broken. So I got the tester dose through. And not the rest of stuff. Oh, fucking hell. So within like another hour in, every time someone comes to the door, I say, do you have drugs? (laughs) Can I have more drugs? Bring me drugs. I need more drugs. And I was like, can I not have the the heroin stuff? (laughs) To the midwife, trying to think of like, what is it? Just bring me some heroin, Um, please. I like, don't even know what it's called. The opioid painkillers that oh, you can yeah, get yeah, given yeah. during yeah. during childbirth. I was yeah. like, can I have some of that heroin stuff? They were like, no, you've got you've got an epidural. You can't because yeah. there's fentanyl in an epidural. Oh God, Jesus! So they wouldn't give me any more drugs anyway, and I was really annoyed by this. Did it Did it work though in the end? No, it just didn't work at all. No, because. We've then got to the point where I, I've i progressed to the point where I'm like almost fully dilated now. Yeah. I'm like three. And it gets to a point where they can't do anything, isn't it? Yeah, I'm like three yeah. hours in. Yeah. I have got my gas and air pipe clutched in your in a talons. death grip. <laughs> yeah. I, if someone had tried to remove that from my hand. No chance. I think I would have bitten them. Yeah. 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 Like a D- rabid animal. Yeah. Yeah. My mum, I'm holding my mum's hand, crushing her poor, delicate bones. Presumably as well, right? You can't move because you're strapped up to shit, which is completely useless. And to go back to the drip stand being on the wrong side of the bed, I've now got an epidural line in my back, a drip line in my wrist that is going over my whole body. I've got the things strapped around my belly and I'm getting so annoyed at the wires around me that I was just like trying to, I think at one point I tried to rip my 
drip out of my arm. You're... The wires are useless at this point. Completely useless. Completely redundant. Oh, my God. So then they've called the anaesthetist back in because obviously this epidural is not doing its job because they told me when I put the thing in, they were like... You they know, make, don't they make you count or something? I'm sure they make they were me like, count. It, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I can't feel anything. It will stop. You know, the pain will stop within like 10 minutes yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Did not. So the anaesthetist has come back in. Oh, yeah. And when she first put it in, she was like, well, I need to tell you about the risks, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I've read the leaflet. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I've read it. <laughs> so, Please continue. So then she's come back and she's like, oh, it's not, it's not pain that you're feeling. It's just pressure. Ah! I was like, no. oh my God. That makes me so angry. I was like, no, no, I know what pain I'm feeling because I am me. Thank I'm you. feeling it. I was like, <laughs> it's not pressure. It it's is pain. pain. It is pain. And she was just like, no, it's just, you've not felt it before. It's just pressure. I was like, I'm in fucking excruciating pain. <laughs> So then she's checked the the thing and oh. realised that it's not worked. And then she didn't speak to me directly about it. No, of course she didn't. I had, she spoke to the midwives and my mum heard, but I was beyond listening at yeah. this point because I was literally about to push the baby out of my yeah. vagina. Yeah, yeah. You're at pushing point. Yeah. Because at that point I was like, I need to push. Mm. About 10 minutes after that, I was like, I need to push. And the only thing that I can liken it to is the the feeling of needing to be sick mm. you know when you're you can feel yeah, yeah, yeah. your stomach and you can you know and there's like a there's like a build-up to that being sick when you feel sick but yeah. there's a moment there's like a snap moment where you're like it's coming out now yeah yeah, yeah it is like that yeah. when your mouth is watering yeah. Yeah. and your stomach you're like heaves yeah that is what it felt like yeah it totally is like that isn't it it's like and it's well it's because it's um you know it's part of it I pushed for, and then oh, no one told me about the ring of fire. Oh, God. Yeah. Which is, is it the baby coming out of your actual vagina itself? Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's the stingy, the and stingy it stings. Bit. Mm. Yeah. It stings real bad. It stings real bad. Yeah. It does. And it's ooh, that, that action of having to actually push yeah. a baby out. But the thing is, it's like being sick. Mm. A relief it is yeah it, it feels is. good to push yeah it really does it really does because you're like if i push hard enough yeah this pain will be over yeah 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 and at that point you almost can't well for me i almost couldn't feel my contractions mm. yeah i beyond, could just beyond, feel you're beyond that i could you're just feel it. like i needed to push yeah yeah and it's I had so been animalistic, isn't it? Yeah, and I had been on um, basically surgically attached to this gas and air for so long. At this point, my throat was really dry. Yeah, it does dry your throat out. So I looked out of the window, and it had just started snowing. <laughs> and I didn't have my glasses on because someone was like, "Oh, look, it's snowing." And I was like, "I don't have my glasses on," <laughs> and my throat was really dry. <laughs> so I started. So I was like, had this tickle in my throat, and the midwife was like, "One more push, and we'll have the whole head." we'll have the head come on and then because this tickle in my throat i started coughing yeah you coughed her out the whole baby came out one more cough the whole baby slithered out you coughed it you coughed her out i coughed her out that's amazing that's amazing it's really funny you say that because yesterday ramona was really pleased with herself because she coughed some uh cheerios off her spoon (laughs) 
same thing, right? Basically. Basically the same thing. Basically the same thing. Coughed her out. That's mad. So I coughed her out and then they kind of handed her to me, covered in slime. Yeah. And there was a picture that my mum took and I just look horrified. I'm not surprised. But I remember so vividly looking at her face and the first thing I said was, she has eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Those tiny little things about them, like the the hair on them and... Oh, and I was like, she has eyebrows. She has eyebrows. And I started to cry. Yeah. And then I looked. And then I this must have lasted for a few minutes. Because the next thing is I look between my legs and the midwife looks concerned. Oh, no. And I, in my head, was like, oh, it's nice to meet you, baby, but I'm about to bleed to death now. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, you're so beautiful, but I have to die. (laughs) Oh, no. She looked really concerned. And I went, everything okay? And she is going, she is uh, bearing a striking resemblance to a magician pulling handkerchiefs (laughs) out of a hat. (laughs) And she was like, this is the longest umbilical cord I have ever seen. It (laughs) just kept, because it was wrapped around her neck, but they did the the little clever midwife trick where they're like... Oh, that's good. And they like slip it around, so it wasn't yeah. strangling. She, she's fine. Yeah, ish. of course. Um, so she was like, "Yeah, this is the longest umbilical cord I have ever seen." That's mad. And then that's why she looked concerned. Just and then long. I had the injection um, to get your placenta help out. get the placenta out. Yeah. She was just like, "Just one more push, get the placenta out." And I was like, uh, "I don't, I don't know who they think they're kidding." When they say you just push to get your placenta out, do you have you seen what I've just done? Have no, you but seen? I remember it wasn't even like a full push. I just kind of went like, huh. <laughs> and then it, Half and, a cough. and it just came out. I've just coughed a baby out, and then she was like, "Do you want to see it?" I was like, "No, <laughs> I don't want to fucking see it. I want to stare in the depths of my baby's eyes." Thank you. And I remember her being born. And she was just like, do you want to feel their head? I was like, no. She was like, do you want to see the head coming out? I was like... You said that to me with Lola. No! No! Get it out of me! And then she said to my mum, do you want to see the head coming out? Mum was like, yeah, go on then. Just she? She probably had a look. Yeah. Yeah, I think Dave had a feel with Lola. Bloody hell. And And then it was fine, though. Everything was fine. And then, yeah, everything was fine. I got out of bed. And I can, I still to this day cannot fathom. I mean, I spent the next three years tired. I I spent the next five years tired. I'm still tired. The intensity of the exhaustion you feel after Mm. you've given birth Mm. is something else. It's like, yeah. I felt like I'd ran six marathons. Yeah, we basically have. Yeah, it's it's mad. My legs were shaking because I got up and I went to the toilet. And I was having a shower and I couldn't stand up in the shower. Yeah. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I'd managed to get myself to the toilet, from the toilet to the shower. Yeah. And then I had to sit on the floor. Yeah. Because my legs wouldn't hold me up anymore. Yeah. It's insane, isn't it? And then I just had my shower. Yeah. I was clean-ish, as clean as you can feel after you've just given birth to a baby. And the angel midwife came in to me with... The tea? The tea and the toast. The tea and the toast. I had toast with blackcurrant jam. Yeah. 
and a really strong cup of tea with two mm. sugars. Yeah, and strong I, cup of tea with two sugars, yeah. It was like ambrosial. It was mm. like the food of the gods. I've never tasted anything like it. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Also, it was all right then. You had a good old time. I mean, other than my broken broken epidural, yes. I, I, I got off really well with it. And I this is why... I like to tell my birth story to people that are pregnant because yeah. it's kind of a break from all births are horrible and traumatic. Well, that's exactly... Shall I do Lola now? Do Lola, Lola now. Lola? I'll do it real quick because we've been talking for ages. Um, but that's why I like to tell... This is why I like to tell both birth stories because Ramona's was terrifying, really scary. And the reason I want to tell people about it is that they they hopefully will empower to be feel empowered to be able to kind of advocate for advocate for themselves a bit more because I really wish I'd have known more mm-hmm. to be able to you know tell people where to go essentially but with Lola's birth Lola's birth was absolutely glorious and it was a home birth which is what I'd wanted originally yeah so when I found out I was pregnant with Lola I was very happy it was amidst a lockdown during the oh, plague yeah, lockdown baby lockdown baby um and th- it was originally absolutely fine, but during like the latter months, well, I guess midway through the pregnancy, me and Dave both had to kind of um, uh, unravel the trauma that was Lola's uh, Ramona's birth. Yeah, um, which is something we'll talk about in future episodes because it's really important. It's really important to talk about. But we were both um, very traumatized, and we didn't talk- we hadn't talked about it enough. I don't think we just bottled it up. Mm. And Dave was very traumatized. He had a lot of stuff to unpack which he wasn't able to do until we kind of realised we were pregnant with Lola and we were like, oh, I've got to do all of this again. And so the first thing I did was get a doula because <laughs> I was like, I am not having that happen to me again. Yeah. I want another person with me who can advocate for both of us and make sure both of our needs are met and that both of our rights are being checked in with. Yeah. Um, and we'll just help in general. So I got a doula, amazing. Her name's Katie. She was in- absolutely incredible. Um. And to, it's funny because we didn't really need her when it came to Lola being born, but it was obviously very important to have in the lead up. She helped with like uh, uh, the therapy that was unraveling our trauma. Yeah. And I I ultimately knew I wanted a home birth again because although the hospital was obviously very important at the time, I just wanted to be at home. Yeah. Which is what I'd originally wanted. And also because of her, the virtue of her being a lockdown baby, there was a lot more restrictions. On- there were restrictions. Yeah. <laughs> if you could have partners we didn't even know we didn't know if our doula would have been able to come with us and i was like well i'm not having that i'm simply not having it i'm simply not having it it will not do i want both of them with me um so what what was funniest about lola's birth is that i was just in complete denial that i was having her like that i was in labor (laughs) i think i was a little bit with darcy i think that's why i didn't have any contractions despite being in labor for for a week i was like like, nah this isn't happening not happening it's just not for me not for me thanks but with lola it was like because because ramona's birth was so painful and Mm -hmm. the labor was so painful i'd made sure that every single like measurement and check that she wasn't back to back with lola i was like please tell me she's not back to back please please please." and she wasn't she was in a really good position and i fully believe that that's the reason the birth was so much easier um but i basically we took we sent ramona to bed Mm -hmm. and so you know this is like we're talking seven or eight o'clock and I was like, oh, I feel a bit like maybe having some kind of feelings like you do, you know, like, oh, I feel a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. Mm-hmm. So we sent Ramona to bed. Dave's like, do you think we should send it to your mum and dad's? And I was like, no, I don't think I'm having it tonight. It's not tonight. I'm not going to have it tonight. 
it's going to be a while yeah it'll be like she'll probably be at like preschool tomorrow or something mm. so then we went to bed i said we just look we need a good night's sleep let's go let's go to bed get some rest and then you know maybe tomorrow or tomorrow night went to bed so it's about nine o'clock get into bed i had had two contractions and i was like oh no i think i can sleep through these and then the third contraction got me out of bed the third contraction pulled me like like a, <laughs> physically like pulled yeah me out i was bed. possessed like pulled me out of bed and dave was like you're all right and i was like no i i think i need to walk around now crucially what's most important about this is i read a lot of books about active birth and like that kind of labor like where you're moving around mm. and also like birthing methods so there was a lot of things about like using other parts of your body to kind of um think about the pain differently so it's a lot of like stamping and clenching your fist and it's kind of the matching the pain and counting the wave of the contraction so you kind of think about the contraction in terms of seconds and if your if your contractions are like a minute long if you can count to 30 you've done it yeah because the second 30 seconds is like coming out of the contraction yeah so it's all about like mentally thinking about it in a different way which is what i did and it was so successful for me let me tell you yeah i would recommend anyone read it's called active labor i can't remember who it's by but it's just about moving staying active and walking around so that contraction that third contraction got me out of bed i went downstairs i started walking around i stamped through my contractions and Dave came with me, obviously, and he was like, do I need to ring someone? Do I need to stamp too? Do I need- <laughs> Shall I stamp? And he was like, do I need to ring anyone? And I was like, no, nah, I think I just need to walk through these. And I kept saying like, no, nah, I just got to walk through these ones. I'll be all right. I had one of those spinner rings. Oh, yeah. And I spun my spinner ring, stamped, clenched my fists, got through my contractions. I was like, ah, oh, no, I'll be fine. Just early stages, not thinking anything of it. And he was like, I'm going to ring your brother and see if he wants to pick the dog up. <laughs> Because our dog is does not like humans. <laughs> that he doesn't, that she doesn't know. If she if she doesn't know the human, she's going to bark at it. So the midwife couldn't come in with Dobby, right? So he was like, "I'm going." And I was like, "I mean, no rush, though, mate. No rush." And he was like, "No, I'm going to do it now because it's like nine o'clock, nine thirty. So my brother picked the dog up. I think Dave knows that you're Dave fucking knew. Dave knows. Dave fucking knew. Like, honestly, he knew. So he'd like, rang, yeah, Dobby had been picked up and he was like, do I need to do you think? And I was like, Mona's asleep. We don't need to worry about her. She's fine. And I was like, we're going to get through the night anyway. It's fine. It's okay. And then I still don't really have any recollection of this. So this is on Dave. This is from Dave's like point of view. My water's broke. And I said to Dave something, I was wearing like gym leggings. And I was like, oh, I think... There's a bit, a bit of water. I think well, maybe one water's broke. And like Dave now is like, it, no, it was not a bit of water. <laughs> Your fucking water's broke, mate. Like it was everywhere. Like you had to get towels and stuff. But I just saw it as a like, oh, I think maybe my waters are broken a little bit. Just a little, just a little bit. Just a little bit. And he said, shall I try and, shall I try and pump the pool up? Because we, we got a pool from the doula. I was like, I'm going to have a pool birth. I want a water birth. Lovely water home birth. So he starts trying to find the pump for the pool can't find the pump anywhere and in the midst of all of that he's like i'm gonna ring the midwife just to let them know that something's happening yeah he rang the midwife whilst trying to stick the pump into the pool the wrong end (laughs) and he's talking to the midwife so again this is all i'm just stamping through this and i'm loving this by the way but at, at this point these contractions are totally manageable because i'm doing all of the things that i taught myself to do and i'm moving and i'm doing all of those things i'm breathing and i'm feeling great I don't think I'm anywhere near birth at all. Yeah. I'm like, I've got this, I've got this. He rings the midwife 
I don't know any of it. I didn't know any of this at the time. But the midwife said to Dave, like he was like, let me just because they like listen to you through the phone. This is what home birth midwives do. They listen to see like what you sound like. Yeah. And they know. They obviously know their midwives. So Dave rings her up. She listens to me for about 30 seconds. And then these words come out of her mouth. She says, Dave, put the pump down and get as many towels as you can. <laughs> I'll be there shortly. So he then like has to dispatch like completely just the pool is a the pool no is go. fucked. It's the like, pool is like there's no chance, mate. We've got to what pump like pump it up and fill it with water. Not <laughs> no. A, no. So the the pool gets moved aside. He gets as many towels and sheets as he can and covers the lounge completely. And then about twenty minutes later, the midwife show up and they walk in and she's like, basically, she's like, okay, you're having a baby. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you must be mistaken. No, you're going to have to come back in a bit. I'm not ready yet. Like, I was like, I'm just in early stages. And she, like, checks me and she's like, okay, get the gas and air. <laughs> gas and air comes straight out. And uh, I go from, like, different positions of, like, standing up and kind of, like, holding onto Dave's arms, crouching down, sitting on the sofa. And then within, like, two hours, she'd come out. Literally. That was it. And, like, when you say about the pushing thing, the pushing bit for me was, like, I can't even say it was painful. That's how like it, natural it was. It I wasn't think, even painful. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I really do. Th- I think giving birth really proved this to me is that our bodies know what to do. Yeah, we might know what to, not, yeah. might our not brains know what are to the do, ones that stop us. From but our bodies that. know exactly yeah. what to do. Yeah, and um, always trust in the power of disbelief. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, completely. In the power of denial. Yeah. And, and none, yeah, my body was like, no, you are having Your a baby. Your body knows exactly what to do. It does. It's, it's We're mammals. biological. Yeah, it knows. And it's your brain and society that yeah. kind of stand in the way of that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I, put, I did the pushing bit, which was fine. Because for me, and I don't know if you felt the same when you were having Lola, it's like your body does the pushing for itself. Yeah, oh. I don't remember putting yes. that much concerted effort into So pushing. one of the things I read in one of the books that really helped me was that, and this is going to sound mad, but it totally worked for me, is you imagine when you go to the toilet for a poo. Yeah. Right? And if you, so one of the things it talks about is like, um, like feeling safe, which is why I wanted her at home. If someone walked in on you having a poo, you'd have to stop. You'd stop, wouldn't you? You'd yeah, like shy. You'd stop, yeah exactly the same thing with a baby and in terms of like that feeling of letting this is awful but like letting a poo out it's exactly the same thing yeah you allow you just like it comes very out similar and, muscle groups working yeah, like exactly. it just happens so that hatch yeah pushing was fine felt the ring of fire but because i was so acutely aware of everything that was happening and i knew the process of it and i've because it was such an like average in inverted commas like birth I knew that that's what it was. So yeah. I knew I was fine. I was like, this is the ring of fire. Oh, yeah, it is a bit stingy. But because I also had like the doula came like as she was coming out pretty much. And so she was like helping out, just saying how amazing I was. And the midwife was like, do you want to fit? They were so calming and lovely and there was no stress. It was dark and moody and gorgeous. And she was like, Dave, do you want to feel the head? And he was like, yes, please. And it was all of that sort of oh, stuff. And that's so beautiful. Do you though. want to feel the head? And I was like, no, mate, I'm quite happy up here doing <laughs> my thing because this feels beautiful too. And she came out absolutely fine. I, I, was, I think I was like standing up essentially. So they had to sort of catch her. And then as soon as they caught her, they were like, do you want to take her? So I had to like bend down and reach through. It, honestly, it was like I was an animal. 
because I then reached through my legs to pick her up and bring her forward to myself. It was incredible. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. And what the worst part about Lola's birth was birthing the placenta and then the little wipe down they do afterwards where they <laughs> check you for stuff. Because I had like, you know, like grazes. They say grazes. I had they? a graze. which little grazes. I ended up having, I think, two stitches. Yeah. Which I then, I'll speak about this when we talk about like postpartum. But yeah, I went yeah. to St. Mary's birth centre okay. for five days after Darcy was born. Oh, that'd be interesting to hear about. And when that. I had that, when I when I was there, there was a more experienced midwife there that was like, I wouldn't have stitched that. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I think they just fucking do it in hospitals. Yeah. It's mad. But yeah, I didn't I didn't have to I think because it was either. bleeding quite a lot. So she was like, Oh, we'll put some stitches in to stop the bleeding. But yeah. I didn't really need them. Mm-hmm. And Doxy was a big baby as well. She was eight pound five. Oh yeah. Oh your date. That's mad, isn't it? What was like? I can't remember, I can't even remember what Layla weighed. Can't remember what she weighed. Oh, yes, but I have to mention, um, so the the hardest bit, so birth the placenta, that was horrible. I had st- stood up to do that. And I was like, shake, my legs were shaking and giving, and I, that felt really painful to me. Um, and I was like trying to hold Lola. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. And then I had to lie down and she had to wipe me down. And that was really, and I was like, like convulsing because it was so stingy. Yeah. And I was taking, like, I really needed the gas and air for that bit. Yeah. But one of the things that happened when I was like pushing is that um, I think I mistook one of Dave's legs for the gas and air mouthpiece because I bit him. <laughs> he was like, do you remember biting me? And I was like, no, I do not remember biting. What are you talking about? Yeah, you bit my leg quite hard. And I was like, oh, sorry, mate. Did you have a bruise on his leg? Yeah, it's quite bad, I think. But it was because <laughs> I, I think I just put my put, wrapped my mouth around whatever I could find. Like, Arr! And yeah. it was like if some, Yeah, my mouth was, <laughs> was basically super glued to the, ga- that, yeah. the gas and air pipe. That gas and air is a dream, mate. Oh, it's amazing. So me- yeah, it was lovely. Really lovely. But yeah, I think it was really, it's really I nice remember to end on that. at one point, the anaesthetist's assistant person looked like my friend Paris. So she walked into the room. I was like, Paris, what are you doing here? You should be in Firebug. Oh, my God. She's like, Has, did, did they give her her own? <laughs> did they give her her own? They might have done. What are you loving this week? What am I loving this week? Um, Jamie Oliver. Really? Yeah, mate. Jamie Oliver, we've got this recipe book called Seven Ways. Okay. And it's like seven ways to cook a certain thing. Mm-hmm. But he makes recipes very easy for people like us, like in a family, cheap. Yeah. And we predominantly eat Jamie Oliver pasta recipes. And they are all fucking delicious. And we have, there is nothing more beautiful than an evening where it's crumb pasta night. So Ramona calls it crumb pasta because it's got like garlic breadcrumbs on top. Oh yeah! But it's like a it's like spaghetti with like cauliflower and cheese. But it's like a healthy version of, of a cauliflower cheese. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely delicious. It's like garlicky. Can I come around creamy. the next time it's crumb pasta? Oh, it, yeah, it's so delicious. But there is nothing more beautiful because it never happens. Sitting around the table, me, Dave, Lola, Ramona, all sitting and eating pasta nicely. <laughs> without complaining nicely <laughs> nicely like they're actually eating you going yum yum like lola like picks it up with her hands and yums it into her face <laughs> fists at a time yeah ramona doesn't get up and try to do something else like she'll sit and eat it and me and dave are like bliss this is the bliss. dream this absolute is why dream. i had children this is an ad- this is an advert this should be an advert for like being but it's, it's not like that most of the time it's mostly awful <laughs> mostly our dinner times are, are the worst they really are the worst times for us. <laughs> they are the worst. What's your times. love? What's your love of the week? Uh, my love of the week is 
Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, yeah. I've not had a glass of wine in ages, you know. Oh, I am going to have a glass of wine when I get home. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I'm going to have a McDonald's when I get home. Oh, yum. Yum, yum. Actually, no. Oh, you're changing changing my love of the week. Yeah. My love of the week is my nail tech. Oh, your nails are gorgeous. They look great. Yes. For context, my nails are green and they've got little froggies on them. Oh, they're so cute. Who did Uh, them? Her name is Sophie Lavender. Mm -hmm. Um, What a great name. Isn't it just? Sophie Lavender. That's a wonderful name. I wish my name was Sophie Lavender. Um, Sophie Lavender underscore beauty on Instagram. Nice one, Sophie. She's wonderful. She's based in Hugglescourt in Leicestershire. And she indulges me in all of my wildest nail dreams. And I love her so much. Amazing. Amazing. What Shall are you I... loathing this week? Uh, I'm lo- Well, I'm loathing today because it's the first day of my period. So I hate everything and nothing will ever be good ever again. Yeah. That is all. <laughs> What's your loathe of the week? My loathe of the week is... My loathe of the week is the last five minutes before you have to leave for school. Oh my god, yes. Can you put your coat on, please? Can we get coat on? Get shoes coat on? on. Can you put your shoes on? Why haven't you brushed your teeth? Are you Go and brush your teeth. Go and brush your Yeah, this is every single day. Are you wearing a hat today? No, I want to wear my rainbow hat. Well, Lola's wearing the rainbow hat. Do you want to wear this hat instead? No, I want my rainbow hat. Can you put your coat on? We've got to leave. We're late. Where's my hat? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I can't find any shoes, and I've, my keys have been removed from where I always leave them. Yeah. And it's stressful. And I just hate it so much. Yeah. And I think even if we left for school at 10 o'clock, those last five minutes would still, still be, be really stressful. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Yeah, they're really stressful. That's a really good shout. I hate them. I hate them so much. Not my children. In, just not, even, not even leaving to go to school. Leaving to go anywhere. anywhere. Just leaving the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had a pound for every time I said, should we get our shoes on then? <laughs> should we put our shoes on? Are you going to put your shoes on? And it's always like, shall we put... My shall shoes we? are already on. My shoes, my coat, my hat, my gloves, my scarf are on. Can you please put yours on now? Yeah. And then Darcy's like wandering around like, can I watch another episode of Bluey? No. No. No, you cannot. Turn it off. Oh, that's amazing. So, okay, that was a pretty, like, serious episode. I'm really proud of us for getting through labour. We've got through labour. It was it was, it was was dark at times, but we got through it. Um Back in action next week. We're going to talk about labour again next week, aren't we? We are going to talk about our experiences. Not our experiences. We're just going to talk talk about about it. Things relating to labour. Yeah. Um, So if we would love if you actually sent in some birth stories of your own. Yeah. If you've got a particularly joyful or funny birth story like we do. Anything you want. We want to hear about all of your birth stories. Yeah. So if you just share those with us on Instagram at Amateur Milf Society or on Twitter at Amateur Milf Sock, S-O-C, or just send them to us via email at theamateurmilfsociety at gmail.com. Yes. And please, 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 please follow us on Instagram and all of those other things. And you must subscribe to oh, our podcast, please. On Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You and press the what, following button? Follow button. Please yeah. follow us on all of the things. And just finally, we'd like to really, really thank everyone for all support, <laughs> support. you've shown for us since we started this podcast. Yeah, um, we're very grateful. Every single message that we've received has been incredibly grateful. It brings received. us so much joy, doesn't it? We we like screenshot. If someone messages us, we screenshot it and send it to each other because we're like, yeah. look what someone said. It's so exciting. <laughs> it makes us very happy and we want to continue doing this. So thank you. And we have recorded, uh, what, nearly four hours worth? 
more than four hours, oh, I think. Podcast content today. Well. Hey, and you know what we've got oh. to do now? Edit it. Look after our children. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to. I want to go to the pub instead. I want to get smashed. <laughs> Please. I don't know what I want more. To go to the pub or to go to bed? I want to go to bed in a pub. <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would like. Well, shall we go and see our children, Rosie? Yeah, I guess so. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.